So in this part, I want to talk about the big data stack as an overview. And um, so let's look at it from this perspective. So from the bottom up. On the bottom, we have the hardware, right? So we have the servers, the network, all of the, let's say, real physical infrastructure. On top of that, uh, there's the operating system and scheduling in the operating system. And typically in a big data setup and in a modern cloud setup anyway, uh, you will have some kind of virtualization or containerization of the, of the applications and of the systems on top. So that's on the next level. And on top of that, basically, we start with the big data systems and we'll look at the infrastructure in separate uh, sessions. And then come the real big data systems, software systems. So we have the file system and in a big data system, we need a distributed file system. Then we have data management. So something where the data is actually stored. Often this will be directly in the file system, but also there are key value stores and things like that, where you can have individual smaller records rather than files and many more records than you would have in a, in a file system. On top of that, we have the data processing. And this is where you can do actual things with the data. So doing some kind of analytics, doing large scale processing, building your web index, for example. And um, with that, then you can do different kinds of applications, more uh, concrete or more complex analytics, visualizations, and have some kind of query languages on top. And we'll touch on this, but not that much, to be honest. So let's look at the infrastructure in more detail. The hardware are network, servers, and storage. And typically the storage is also some kind of service, but you will often have dedicated storage servers and dedicated compute servers. So these might be different in your system actually. And on top of these, as I already said, you have virtualization, especially for the compute nodes. So there where you do the actual processing, it makes sense to virtualize them because often the service will be stuck in a certain kind of operation that doesn't really utilize all of the required or all of the, the resources available in the servers um, yeah, properly. So this means that, say, for example, you have a job that just does computation all the time. You're not going to use the data throughput that the service might have. Or um, some part of the job just requires a, a, maybe single threaded, for example, then all of the other nodes, all of the other threads are not used. So if you can at the same time run something else, everything will be much more efficient. And that's much easier if you have many different applications running at the same time, rather than having to optimize this, optimize this on a single application. And so for that, you're using um, the containers and the virtual machines. And in order to then know what to run where and how to balance this, you need some kind of scheduling. And these two, like, this is what schedulers do. This would be Yarn, Kubernetes, or Mesos, things like that. And th these are the typical big data system schedulers. You can also have the scheduling on an operating system level. So there's different levels, and but we'll look at these levels in more detail later and on the different kind of scheduling that we'll have. And then on top of that, we have the actual big data software systems. So if the storage, so that could be distributed file systems, or this will be distributed file systems. So Ceph is an example, the Hadoop distributed file system is an example, but there are many more and there are also commercial solutions. Then we do the analytical processing or let's say large data processing. And that you can do with systems like Hadoop, 
Spark, with Tess or Hive. And I'll go into detail about these in a bit more. Then uh, we have operational processing. So in contrast to the analytical processing, where we'll read a lot of data and do some large scale analysis, in the operational processing, we have updates. So say, for example, if you go to your Facebook or, um, or whatever you're using, actually, you add more data. So and this data needs to be stored somewhere. Usually it's not that much data. So it's not gonna be terabytes of data. It's gonna be small data, a couple of kilobytes. Um, that you want to store and but many people will do this at the same time or if you're in an IOT so an internet of things set up then and you're reading out monitor, uh, monitoring data so sensors and things like that then it will be really many uh, individual sources of data and some kind of system has to store all this so many small transactions as we say but we don't necessarily need the same kind of transactional guarantees that we would have in a database. And for this, we have so-called key value stores and systems like that. So HBase is a typical example in Cassandra, and we'll look into these also in a separate session. Then we have stream processing. So when we have lots of data coming in a stream and we want to, for example, filter something out or do some pre-aggregation before we actually want to store it, then we use the stream processing system and typical systems would be Storm, Apache Flink, Spark Streaming and Kafka, Apache Kafka actually. Then uh, another type of processing is graph processing. So if you think about, um, again, Facebook or LinkedIn, then you have some form of a social graph. So you know people, they know you, and then you might be like one contact away from another person and you might want to do analysis over these networks. But this is also true, say, for example, for websites, right? So you have a URL to another website and uh, then that website points to yet another website. If you want to do analysis over this, this is graph processing. And there are different systems that do exactly this, that are built for just doing this kind of analysis. And examples are Apache Giraffe, Graphx, and Neo4j. And finally, if you want to do, let's say, more general analysis or deeper analysis on the data, then you want to do machine learning. And for this, there's also specific systems. We'll look at some of those uh, on a bit higher level, probably. So there's Apache System ML. You might have heard of TensorFlow, Keras, and then an older library would be Mahout, for example. And these are the different kind of processing systems. Typically, you could also stack them. So you would have storage underneath. So if you want to work with data, you need some kind of storage. Uh, then you can do some data processing with the analytical processing systems. If you have quickly incoming data or small updates, you'll do the operational processing. And if you have streams of data, you do stream processing. And then finally, do machine learning. And on top of that, you might actually want to have applications. So, and these could be directly query languages, something like SQL, uh, some kind of APIs or other languages, how to use this. You might have libraries, do some analytics, real applications, say your email uh, system, the website that shows you this data then later on. And of course, the visualizations. And uh, this is actually not a major focus in this module. So we're really concerned about anything up to this point. We'll touch on some of these um, in order to give you some background and perspective. 
but uh, we're not going to talk on how to build these kind of uh, applications. So now let me show you how this actually evolves. So you get a kind of a feeling of uh, what is going on in this space. And there's a person that actually collects all kinds of different systems in uh, the big data space and makes a nice map. And uh, the version three was actually in 2016. And you can already see there's many different systems. So each of these little icons basically stands for some kind of solution in the big data space. And you can see that there's infrastructure, there's analytics, there's applications, and like different kinds of applications in different verticals. So say education and finance, etc. And um, then also data sources and uh, etc. And this is 2016, was already version three. Then um, I have also added the 2017 version. You can see there's already a lot more. So this was really getting strong, many different companies and many different solutions and also more uh, diversity in individual solutions for individual aspects. And this continues this trend. So this is the 2018, 2019, and you can see in 2020, we already cannot really tell anything, at least for me, it's really hard to see what's going on in there, in the small icons. And so this basically shows, you know, you have many different individual specialized solutions in the big data space. And each of those will usually cover only a part of the big data stack, maybe different subsets, but often it's really even within one level of the big data stack, it might just be a narrow niche in there. And where does this come from? And basically the idea how to set it up like this, rather than having one integrated system, to some extent is based on Google's idea of a big data stack. And this is what we're gonna talk about in the next video. So how Google essentially built up their data stack a while ago.